Equality of educational opportunity has long been a stated goal of education in this province. The polka dot door, the polka dot door, let's peep through the polka dot door. Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome once again to Saturday Night at the Movies. My name is Elwi Yost. Today's special, shout it loud and clear, today's special. I'm Steve Pakin, and this is TVO at 50. When TVO was created in 1970, the mandate was to educate Ontarians. At the time, that meant using television, which was still a relatively new and exciting thing. Obviously, that's changed, but that original mandate hasn't. Adapting to new technology is something a lot of companies have struggled to do over the years, and TVO has had to learn and grow as well. So today on the pod, we'll talk to someone who was key in shepherding that change. Let me formally introduce Karen Gross, who was Vice President for Digital Learning at TVO for seven years, starting in 2013. Hello, Dr. Gross, how are you? Dr. P, lovely to talk to you. (laughs) Uh, Let's set this up this way, because you had been a superintendent in the Toronto District School Board for almost a decade before coming to TVO. That's correct. And, and, you know, one would assume that if you want to have an impact on the world of education, you know, being a superintendent at the school board, the biggest school board in the country for that matter, sounds like the right place to be. So why did you want to come to TVO in the first place? Oh, wow. Well, um, I mean, TVO is such a guiding light as an organization to all Ontarians. And um, I'm totally committed to uh, the mission of the organization, which basically is to help Ontarians learn in so many different ways. And so it was curious um, at the time that I came, uh, the organization was just about to undergo a substantial change and, um, or a transition or transformation, if you want to call it that. And so I came, um, to help with that. So I can tell you a bit about that if you like. Yes, indeed. Well, yeah, I mean, you've, you've accurately characterized the, the sort of mission of the, of the whole organization, but what did you see as your mission in particular? About eight years ago, with all these new technological opportunities, um, not only did TVO pivot to modernize, but the organization made a strategic decision to really return to its roots um, and double down on its focus to support educator, educators and students um, around teaching and learning. So that's when I came on board. And just to be clear, when I did arrive in 2012, um, there were already some fantastic foundational pieces and programming in place. So, for, exi- uh, for instance, um, there was already, a, you know, award-winning, advertising-free kids' TV programming that supported uh, the junior kindergarten to grade five Ontario curriculum, and also a huge number of exciting games for kids to play, online content, for children and parents to access, and the ILC or the Independent Learning Center, which is really the Ontario Ministry of Education's online high school, and the GED program were already starting to transition to digital. And TVO had created um, an online platform. Uh, it was piloted with the Hamilton District School Board, I think, and it was called Homework Help, and that supported uh, students in grade nine and 10 with mathematics. It was really popular and it was beginning to um, expand across the province. So with that already existing solid base of learning resources to work with, 
that's when they came in. And the organization crafted a five-year plan um, to move itself forward. So you um, as the vice president for digital learning means that you were, you had a hand in or you were in charge of anything that involved learning online? Yeah, I think that's fair to say, but I would not say I was in charge of it. I think I probably served the most remarkable team um, of staff that I've ever worked with, uh, creative, innovative, thoughtful, uh, data-driven. And I should say too, the, the strategy and the, the, the tactical plan that was created um, to move the organization forward to support digital learning wasn't crafted in isolation. So TVO also worked not only you know, with this fantastic group of staff, they also worked alongside educators and students across the province. Uh, also the Ontario Teachers Federation, um, our employee group partners, and the Ministry of Education to determine what TVO could do to better serve educators in the area of teaching and learning to help improve uh, student outcomes. Now, one of the things I remember that came up during your time there was something called Empower. And I'm going to spell this. Yeah. I'm going to spell this because it's spelled a little strangely. It's small, like lowercase m, yeah. uppercase P-O-W-E-R, Empower. That's right. Right. Now, what was, yeah. what was that all yeah. about? Okay. So that was so much fun. So um, we created Empower uh, to help um, kindergarten to grade six students build foundational math skills, and inspire a love of math. TVO Empower is empowering educators and their classrooms across the province. Welcome to our town. We're so glad you came. Based on the Ontario curriculum, Empower enhances math learning with targeted, adaptive and accessible, and cross-curricular experiences. Well, there's no need for that at all, is there? <laughs> Well, you know, um, no, I'm kidding. Of course yeah. there is. Holy smokes. Yes, there is. Yeah. And, and it, it was remarkable. So we created, so right, just to get you a sense of the, the scope and breadth and depth of empower. So there are 65 free online games that support that kind of mastery of math concepts from kindergarten to grade six, as well as an understanding of STEM. So S T E M. So that's science, technology, engineering and math, and the social sciences. So um, it was so much fun to build. So we worked with, directly with teachers and students in the design, development, iteration um, of all the different uh, games and um, getting their feedback along the way, how, you know, what they want to see in the games. It uh, reflects the diversity of Ontario. Um, um, ethnically, racially, geographically, age. It's just, it's a really a fantastic resource that um, uh, educators and students can use inside and outside the classroom. It was a lot of fun to create. Um, and the feedback, I think one of the, the um, most fun things about creating uh, Empower, and, the, and the, really the team who was most uh, involved in that were some of the um, 
um, when we went to schools to um, talk to the kids about the prototypes, when the students tried the games and said, this works for me, this doesn't. When teachers said, can you add more of this? Can you add more of that? It really was a collaborative process the whole way through. Now, let me ask you about something you've already referenced a couple of times, but we should just go a little deeper here. The ILC, yeah. the Independent yeah. Learning Center, which yeah. is, I mean, I, th I think it's, if not the biggest, it's certainly one of the biggest online learning services in the province that TVO yeah. runs on behalf of the government of Ontario. And that mm -hmm. came under your purview as well. And, you know, what did you, what did you see about how the ILC did its thing in, in an attempt to, to, to get for people that high school graduation certificate that for whatever reason they didn't manage to get, you know, when they were 17, 18 years old? Um, okay. So first of all, I should say the ILC has been in existence for decades. Um, and it's always been there to help learners achieve their educational uh, and career and life goals. So uh, learners of all ages can earn high school credits or a full Ontario Secondary School diploma. So what's amazing about the ILC is it's so humbling to talk to the learners who are part of that school. So there's, uh, so there's about 20,000 learners in the ILC, um, uh, at my, the time I was there, about 17% were high school aged and 83% were adult learners. So students who had gone to college and wanted to pick up a credit, they needed to get into university. Students had gone to university and needed to pick up a credit to get into college. Um, adults who were going through job transitions. Adults who were just plain interested in a particular topic. And so over the course of my time there, uh, working alongside the ILC staff, wow, were they dedicated, fabulous staff. Um, it was amazing to talk to those students and to hear their stories. Absolutely. And oh, my gosh. Can I tell you something? I mean, you, yeah. you, you've prompted something in my head here because one year they asked me, you know, they have this big graduation ceremony at the end of the year. Right. And one year they asked me to come and, and just, you know, speak to the graduates, which I was happy to do. And, and when you're there, you hear the most remarkable stories. You hear yeah. stories about, you know, I got pregnant in grade 11 and therefore I had to drop out of school and I, you know, came back years later and, and you know, if not for the ILC, I never would have graduated high school and now I've got my life together and, you know, or, or somebody who, you know, dropped out of school because of drug addiction or, I mean, so, some of the, the hardest yeah. luck stories you can imagine. And, and, and then through, the, you know, through the um, resources of the ILC, they've come back, they've got their high school degrees, they've put their lives back together again. You cannot go to one of those graduation ceremonies, Karen, without crying. They're just so powerful. Both my wife and my children are very supportive of me in this. My kids got a big kick out of sitting down in the evening to do homework with daddy. Robert Frost once wrote about the road not taken, and I'm glad that I've had this opportunity to take this path that I had thought, that I had thought forever beyond my abilities. Thank you. Crying, I sobbed. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, so those, you're absolutely right, Steve. Those stories are about hope. They're about resilience. They're about inspiration. They are people we know. They are everyday people who have just had difficult times mm -hmm. um, or who or simply are, are transitioning jobs. So let me tell you a story. So when I was at one of those graduations, I was amazed. At it. So the oldest graduate of the ILC 
83. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Decided to go back to school. So he wasn't able to get uh, uh, his high school diploma and decided to go back to school because his kids have said to him, you know, you, know, you need to do that. And he decided to do that. So I'm just, you know, between your stories and mine, the, 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 the learners in the ILC are as diverse as you can imagine and have stories um, that are so hopeful and so resilient. They're, they're just really, really inspiring. That, hey, look at that one that you just said. I mean, that's TVO slogan, right? Never yeah, stop learning. Never stop. Exactly. Never stop learning. Never stop learning. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wonderful. Well, let, let's finish up on this because, of course, before the pandemic, digital learning was something, you know, it was probably a fraction of uh, what Ontarians might have thought about when they thought about education. But now, of course, you know, probably every student at some point now because of COVID is doing some learning virtually. And, uh, you know, I, I know, um, you know, my daughter's in grade 12 and it, it's, uh, she goes to school, uh, you know, uh, two days a week and only half days and the rest of it's all virtual. So right. it's, it's certainly a much bigger part of her life right now. Mm-hmm. What's your view on whether the amount of digital learning that's going on right now is ultimately going to be good enough for students compared to what they might have had without COVID? So I think the, that everyone is doing their best in a difficult situation. I think teachers and educators are doing their best, professors included as well. I think students are doing their best. It's very difficult to learn online. I'm sure your daughter will, you know, all day, you know, when they're used to -to face-to-face. So that transition's been hard for everyone. Um, I think one of the challenges with all this online learning is it's exhausting people. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's hard to learn online. It's hard to look at a screen, it's hard on your eyes, it's hard on your back. Yeah, look at the adults with all the Zoom conferences we're doing these days. I know, it's exhausting. And you've heard about Zoom fatigue, right? And so we're asking students to be learning, you know, know, whatever it is, 30 hours, 15 hours online. Um, So I think there are some real challenges inherent in a full-time digital learning. I think digital learning has its place and I think it's really important as a piece of learning, but uh, I think full-time digital learning is is difficult for everyone involved. I think everyone's doing the best they can, but I I think you know with screen you know I'm concerned about screen time consumption. To be frank, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I'm in- concerned about lack of activity, um, not just for the children, but for the adults as well, for the adults. I mean. Are people getting enough exercise when you're Zooming all day and have Zoom fatigue? Definitely. Um, you, you Zoom all day and then, you know, you still want to watch whatever, you know, whatever baseball yeah. game or whatever movie or whatever in the evening. So good question. Exactly. And then you think like down the line 10 years from now, are the optometrists and the chiropractors going to have everyone in the office? <laughs> that's, that's the occupation of the future, eh? If your it kids are going be. into college or university right now, get them into chiropractics or uh, ophthalmology. That's the way to go. That's Karen Gross, former Vice President, Digital Learning, TVO. Karen, great to catch up with you. You be well, okay? Thanks, Steve. You too. Take good care. And that's it for us. This episode of TVO at 50 was produced by Katie O'Connor. Editing by Donnie Swanson. Research help from Kate Petch and Carol Elder. Our production support coordinators are Jonathan Hallowell and Nikki Ashworth. We want you to share your TVO memories. What does TVO mean to you? Record yourself and email the audio to us using the address tvo at 50 at tvo.org. That's tvo at 
and the numbers 50 at tvo.org. And we'll play these on future episodes. Next time on the podcast, what do you think during your time there was the toughest call you had to make as the head of TV Ontario? Oh, it's pretty straightforward. It really came on the day that the new government of Ontario, the Mike Harris government, indicated that they were considering uh, privatizing uh, the LCBO, Hydro, and uh, and TV Ontario. And the question that I had to really, really calculate was, how do you respond to that? How does a how does the CEO of a provincially owned educational network respond to that kind of request? I'm Steve Pakin. Bye bye. <laughs>